Hey everybody, welcome back to Investing with Wesley. Today I'm here in my backyard because my wife is teleworking and she has a meeting and is using our home office. Today we're gonna to talk about wills, trusts, and everything you need to know about them and why they're so important. Let's get into it. As I explained to you about one of my previous videos when I talked about life insurance, your money and your assets and things that you own don't die when you do. So it's very important to have legal documentation to leave what you wanna leave behind to who you wanna leave it behind. There's a bunch of horror stories of relatives that no one has talked to in years coming when someone passes away and taking most of the stuff during probate just because they have a great lawyer. And I do not want that happening to you. So that's why I'm making this video because you need to know how important wills and trusts are for your estate plan. Now guys, when it comes to estate planning tools, there are so many things out there. Even life insurance, whether it's term or cash value life insurance, life insurance in general is considered an estate planning tool. But what's a will? Well, a will is just short for your final will and testament. And the purpose of having a will is to have a legal document with the list of all your assets and where each of those assets are supposed to go and what you're supposed to do with those assets. So as an example, if you have a Rolls Royce and you put it in your will that you wanna leave it to Timmy, then during the probate process, when they're going over your will and distributing out your assets, they're gonna give that Rolls Royce to little Timmy as opposed to selling it off during an estate sale and just splitting all the money it brings in. So if you don't want all your stuff sold off and you wanna leave certain sentiments items to your family, a will is a great start, but it's not perfect. Here in California, as well as other states, we have extremely strict probate laws. And one of the biggest and scariest things is it takes a long time. Some of the research I've done is the shortest amount of time it takes to go through probate court is anywhere from eight months to three plus years. It all depends on how many family members get involved, whether there's a lot of fighting or not, whether someone's trying to steal as much money or as much assets as they can, and how good everyone's lawyers are. But if you just lost a family member that you love, you don't wanna deal with any of that. You just wanna put the person to rest and mourn and move on. And this is where wills have a giant downside because you have to put them through probate. The only thing that bypasses the probate courts are things called a trust. But although trusts do pick up where wills leave off, trusts aren't a perfect entity either because the only thing a trust helps is the things that you list inside that trust. So from the moment you made your trust, you also bought you know, a bunch of different rental properties, but you forgot to put those in your trust, they're not protected by the trust's rules. So you might be asking yourself, well, if a will doesn't protect me fully and neither does a trust, what am I supposed to do? The best case scenario is to work with an estate planning attorney and they could guide you on your perfect setup. But as a general rule of thumb, it is best to have both. It is best to have a revocable living trust in combination with a final will and testament. Now, when it comes to wills, there's a regular will, and then there's something that people refer to as a living will. But living wills aren't necessarily a real thing. A living will is basically the thing that we call a will attached to a power of attorney. And the power of attorney could either be for medical purposes, like if you're in a coma or just aren't capable of taking care of yourself, the medical power of attorney that you assign has the power to, to make those decisions. Whether it's experimental medicine, surgery, or even pulling the plug, your medical power of attorney has that power to make all those decisions in the event that you can't. There's also a financial power of attorney. In the event that you can't make decisions and you're not coherent, maybe you're in a coma, whatever the case may be, your financial power of attorney has the power to make decisions on your behalf regarding your finances. Now your financial power of attorney and your medical power of attorney can be the same person if you designate it to be, or it can be two different people. You can also set it up to where multiple people can be your power of attorney and that they all have to agree on the decision made, whatever it might be, whether it's finances or medical. But when it comes to trusts, there's thousands of different kinds of trusts. How do you know which one to get? Well, when it comes to estate planning, really the only trust that matters is a living trust. 
but you could either make a living trust revocable or non-revocable. And even if you had a revocable trust, when you pass away, that revocable trust now becomes irrevocable. A revocable trust is exactly what it sounds like. A revocable trust gives you the power to revoke whoever the beneficiaries of that trust are. If you have a family member that is no good, maybe they're doing crime or they're just a terrible person or whatever the case may be and you wanna remove them from your trust and from gaining access to your assets, if you have a revocable living trust, you could do that while you're still living. But the second you pass away, whatever is in that trust becomes irrevocable and you cannot change it. So the most important part of a revocable living trust is making sure all your beneficiaries and all your assets are up to date before you pass away. And let's be real, no one knows when they're going to pass away, so it's best to update it as soon as possible, but definitely every year if need be. So you might be thinking to yourself, well, why do I need both? It sounds like either one does the job. Well, the reason you need both is because a trust only protects the assets that are in that trust. As an example, if you put your primary home as well as three rentals inside this trust, and then you also buy three more rentals, but forget to put them in your trust. Well, if you pass away and those three new rental properties aren't in your trust, then your trust doesn't protect them from the probate or estate tax that is accrued on your estate when you pass away. So although the majority of your assets, like your primary home and your first three rentals, will bypass probate and go to your beneficiaries, the last three rentals that you bought won't. This is the importance of having a will. Whatever you forget to put in your trust goes to your estate and your will controls your estate. So one of the best things you could do when it comes to estate planning is to have both, is to have a trust in com combination with a will because anything you may forget or run out of time to put inside your trust will be distributed based on the rules that you have listed in your will. Now, I'm a bigger fan of trusts than I am of wills because you can make a trust as strict as you want. As an example, if you have kids that are beneficiaries of your trust, but you are so for college that you demand them to go to college and graduate before they even have access to your money, you could put that as a stipulation in your trust. You could force somebody to get a particular license, to get a particular job, to graduate college, high school, whatever the rules you want are, you could force them to obey that rules in order to have access to the assets of your trust. Now, another giant benefit of a trust is that it bypasses probate and because it bypasses probate, it also bypasses the estate tax. And currently the estate tax is 50%. Now one of the big reasons that the wealthy choose trusts over wills as their primary source of estate planning is that trusts bypass a lot of things. Trusts usually will bypass creditors. So if you die owing a lot of money and you don't necessarily want all your assets to be sold off to pay those creditors, everything that's locked up in a trust usually will bypass those creditors and they will have zero access to them. Now there are some stipulations, but it's not something you do. It's something that your family members do after you pass away. If your family members don't know how to handle the trust assets properly when you pass away, then they could make themselves liable to pay for the debts you leave behind. So it's really important to educate your family members on what to do when you pass away if you decide to get a trust and a will. But another reason trusts are so powerful besides the fact that creditors can't access your assets is that neither can the government. And the way the payout schedule works when you pass away is that the funeral home and all those final expenses get paid, then your creditors, then the government gets their tax, and then the rest of the money goes to your family. Everything you own and all your assets are in a trust, then the government and the creditors have zero access to it. So if you have a million dollars of assets in your trust, instead of only passing on 500,000 due to the estate tax, you can pass on the full 1 million. And also depending on how these trusts are structured, 
that'll be tax-free income to the beneficiaries, to your family members that you leave that income to. And when funding a trust, when putting your assets into a trust, they don't have to be tangible items like a property or a fancy car or even a safe full of cash and gold bars. They could be paper items like your investments or maybe you have other businesses like LLCs. You could put all those things inside of a trust and leave all the money that those things accumulate to your beneficiaries tax-free. So guys, now you understand why it's so important for asset protection as well as estate planning to have a trust in combination with a will. And don't forget to turn it into a living will by also having a power of attorney. Because if you're in a coma, nothing can happen. If you have a terminal illness rider, your life insurance can't be claimed. If you have assets or loans that need to be refinanced, none of that can happen if you can't make it happen. It's of dire importance to have a financial power of attorney as well as a medical power of attorney to have someone you trust make those decisions in the event that you can't. Hey guys, now that I'm back in the office, I wanna say thank you for making it to the end of this video. I hope you got value from something I talked about today and I hope I helped you think about estate planning in a whole new way and help you come up with maybe a plan of your own to protect the assets that you want to leave behind to your family. Please remember to like and subscribe, and I'll see you in the next video.